What's up, everybody? It's Jaren from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benders Podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on this show have been a, a pro Carlton guy. for He's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because our trash. As well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny. The, the show started out with uh, basically a, a beer league hockey team. And anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcasts. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all of the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes by using the code THPN during a sign-up. Playing fantasy, daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks against competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with the DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on a season-long fantasy, so now it is time to get on all the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways for you to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players, so what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code THPN during a sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. LA Kings fans and hockey fans, of course, I'm your host, Jordy Cunningham. Welcome to episode 37 of season 2 of the Kings Den, as always presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, the official podcast of your LA Kings here at the Hockey Podcast Network. Like I said, as always, I'm your host, Jordy Cunningham. Thank you so much for joining us, as we have a lot to talk about in this episode. Three games to talk about. And the trade deadline coming up as lots has happened in the last week. And as you'll be listening to this, maybe it's just a couple hours before the trade de- deadline. Maybe it's just after the trade deadline. Have the Kings made any moves? Have the, one of the big fish gone? We'll preview all that. And then we'll talk. Well, then we'll get in depth into in, it in the next episode to see if anything happened in the from I record this until uh, the trade deadline, obviously. But let's get into the games first before we get into that and like as you guys know as you listen to thursday's episode i recorded that before wednesday night's game and i gotta tell you wednesday night's game that's one of the best efforts 
That's one of the best comebacks I've seen from the Kings all season long, man. Another slow start against the Coyotes. You know, Monday night was their slowest start of the season last Monday night. And they had a slow start again, a bit of a slow start again on Wednesday night. But you know what? They fought hard. They came back. They said, fuck that. A lot is enough. And and a lot is enough. Enough is enough. And they came back and did what they had to do and took care of business. And it was a great Great win for your LA Kings. Let's just get into it as on Wednesday night. They beat, they beat the Arizona Coyotes by the score of 4-3 to three in that game. But like I said, a bit of a slow start again for the LA Kings as they found themselves down 2 nothing with five minutes to go in the first period as uh, Kraus scores his third of the year and then Labushkin scores his first goal. I believe it was his first, his first career goal. Kraus had an assist on that one. It was 2 nothing or Kraus's goal. Came at about the halfway point of the first period, and Lachushin's goal was just a few minutes later, as it was just a shot that got past. Uh, it was a bit of a scramble play shot that gets that got past quick. That made it two nothing. So, like I said, Kraus made it one to nothing. Labushkin, his first career, again first career goal, I believe, made it two to nothing. But you know what? The line, one of the lines that's been the best all season, it was back in this game. And it, they they found themselves again together. And that's the Anderson, Dolan, Grunstrom, Moore line. They played great in this game. They played very, very well as they... And you know who else played great in this game? Kale Clegg. He's showing why he deserves to stay in the lineup. He doesn't want to go back to Ontario. He, in this game, he showed why he deserves to stay. But let's... Uh, as Arizona was up 2 nothing with just about three minutes left in the period, Anderson, Dolan's... Anderson Dolan gets his fifth of the year on a wrist shot from Trevor Moore and Kel Clegg. That made it two to one for the Coyotes at the time. But good, that's a big goal. Good for the Kings to get on the board going late uh, as you finish the first period. So you're only down by one going into the second period. And good to see Anderson Dolan get one on the board again. Like I said, his fifth of the year from Moore and Clegg goes two to one for Arizona after the first period. Uh, the Kings did outshoot Arizona eleven to nine in the first period, and there was. Uh, each team took a penalty in the first period, but nothing going of that. And then you go to the second period. Only one goal in the second period. Uh, Arizona makes it 3-1. to one. And then you're thinking, oh my god, here we go again. And this one, this play, it was a bit... There was chances for the Kings to get it out, and they just didn't. And I, they, I, in my mind, they just didn't check hard enough on this play as they had... as. The Coyotes had time and space. Like Kessel made the steal. I believe it was off more. I don't remember. He stole the puck. And they had some good passing. Uh, Chuchin, he's been playing great on the defensive end for Arizona all season long. He puts it on net on Larson. Tips a pass quick. That made it 3-1 to one for the Coyotes at the time. And it was 3-1 to one for the Coyotes after the second period. And uh, Kings outshot Arizona again 9-8 to eight in the second period. But they were down 3-1 to one going into the third period. And that's when the Kings said, you know what? We've had enough. We need to be better. And you know what helps? When you get goals early in periods. And that's exactly what the Kings did. They were down 3-1 to one going into the second period. But just a minute 18 into the third period. Adrian Kempe, his 13th of the year. From Clegg, his second assist of the night. And Walker, that made it 3-2 to two at the time. Good to see Kempe get back on the board. Because you know he's so kind of hit and miss sometimes. And it's good to see him get back on the board there. And like I said, Clegg played unbelievable in this game. And then... Just a few minutes later, you know who else? It was nice to see him get on the board. Jeff Carter. We've talked about it. He has been a little slow since about like the start of March. Carter's seventh of the year on a tip-in from a point shot from Drew Doughty. That made it 
uh, 3-3 at the time. Like I said, Carter's seventh of the year from Doughty and Blake Lazat getting the second assist on the goal. Lazat's been playing with Carter and Athanasio lately, and honestly, it's kind of been working out a bit. It's been nice to see, especially in Saturday night's game, but we'll get to that later in the episode. But that was Carter the tip in his seventh of the season, like I said. And then with about six minutes left to go in the third period, Kings are pressuring Grundstrom, his fifth of the year, on the double deflection. Like I said, the line of Grundstrom, Moore, Anderson, Nolan, they played well. They had another great game. And this was a point shot from Drew Doughty. It deflected off Trevor Moore, off Carl Grundstrom, and in. That made it uh, 4-3 at, at the time. And the Kings wouldn't look back as they would go on to beat the Arizona Coyotes, Coyotes by the score of 4-3 to three in this game. And like I said, what a great effort to come back, man. Like This is a team that has struggled lately and has struggled with coming back and being down. Uh, when you get late in the game and not and having slow starts as well. And they had a slow start this time, but this time they were able to overcome it and they played very well the rest of the way. Like, And like I said, the Grunstrom, Anderson, Dolan, Moore line, they played absolutely outstanding in this game. What did they combine for? Two, three. They combined for four points, but it, it seemed like a lot more than that as Moore had two assists and Anderson, Dolan, and... Grunstrom both had a goal, but they had the important ones as, like I said, Grunstrom had the game-winning goal. Other note in this game, it was Brendan Lemieux's first game as an LA King. He seemed like he fit in. Played pretty well. You know, he had uh, one hit or one shot. Or, yeah, one shot, three hits, one block, and, and t- just over 12 minutes of ice time, and was 100% in the faceoff circle, so that was good for him. Like I said, Plague had a great night out on the, on the defensive end. Uh, just over 14 minutes of ice time. He had a block. He had a hit. He had two shots. And, of course, two assists. He played very well as well. And, of course, we got to say Drew Doughty. Two assists. He played great in this game. Uh, 29-15 of ice time in this game. You know, he's been an absolute beast like we've talked about as well. You know what else? This is this is something that isn't getting talked enough is Mikey Anderson and what he's brought to the Kings this season. And it's, I think it's starting to get recognized a little bit. He played just under 29 minutes in this game. He's right up there with Doughty. He's been someone that they're relying on, and he's learned so much from Doughty. And maybe I think Anderson's helped Doughty be a better player this year as well. As Like I said, Doughty had two assists in the game. He's up to 22 assists on the season. But it was a big 4-3 win for your LA Kings, a win that they needed, really. They really, really needed this win. Drew Doughty, the first star of the game. Anze Kopitar, the second star of the game. And Blake Lazat was the third star of this game. And a big thing for the Kings in this game was the face-off circle. Just under 61% in the face-off circle. That's a huge number. That is great for the LA Kings. you got to be good in the face-off circle to win games. And they were great in the face-off circle. And they still got three more against Arizona coming up later in the year. April 24th, May 3rd, and May 5th. But just talking about the game quickly and what a huge game it was. Uh, Kel Clegg, let's let's look at what he said after the game first. And he just talked about uh, the pass to Kempe on the 3-on-2 goal that started the third period. He said it was just spare the moment decision. I knew there was going to be back pressure and it was just instincts I guess and then he said on the belief shown by the team in tonight's comeback win he said I think we showed it we weren't ready to get to back down I'm really happy for everyone to get back on the winning track I know we just want to carry that over into the weekend and that's true it is and Cal Flag was one of the reasons why they won this game absolutely and then just on uh Clegg's perspective on what was the turning point in this game and he said I think we did a great job on the kill that short-handed goal got us going a little bit we we just got on our toes. Th- we just played on our toes throughout the third, and we had a lot 
of good zone time. We just kept pushing and we got our bounces. And that's it's true. They played they played really well. They they played really they just they played well in, they played great well enough to win and it was great to see them come back and get the win in this game as well. And then just like talking about uh about being uh being sent down to Ontario early in the year and he just said I think it was a mental battle but I just stuck with it, kept working in practice, things started to turn around. I started to get some bounces and once you get once you get some of those little bounces, you can really build off it and carry on with them. I think that's what I've been doing, and I've been trying to do the same thing up here since I've been here. And, hey, Clegg's been playing great since he's been back. Absolutely. That's that's for damn certain he's been playing great. And then uh, what head coach Tom McClellan said about this game on Wednesday night, the big 4-3 win against Arizona, Arizona Coyotes, he said just talking about uh, getting traffic in front of that because the Kings were way better at that in this game and getting the and uh, getting the goals in the third. He said, it's, it's always a point of emphasis. We're struggling scoring goals. You talk about crashing the paint, taking the goalie's eyes all off of it, all the words the coaches use, but sometimes it's that high deflection. D-men are looking for sticks when they're shooting, and they scored off it as well tonight. Net play is getting harder and harder in this league. It's hard to control people in and around that area. Lots of goals are scored that way. It's nice to see us get some. And just talking about Kale Plague since he rejoined the lineup and the great game he had, he said, Yes, we have. We really need some good nights from him right now with some guys out of the lineup. Since he's come back up, he's played quite well, both offensively and defensively. His sense of where he has to go on the ice, his reads of when to go and when not to go are, are so much better now than they were when he left. So he's done some real good things down here. And that's that's what you want to hear from your coach, man. That like You want to hear that you've improved and head coach Tom McClellan sees that he's improved. And then just uh, asking if this was a character win for the Kings, which I agree it was. It was a huge win for the Kings. He said, I think that's a good way of putting it. All four lines and six defensemen played some role in it. It wasn't like one guy scored four and we moved on. To, uh, to stay with it, especially with the mood around the team lately, hasn't been the best. But we haven't we haven't won as much as we'd like to, so we tried to keep guys up. They've done a good job of preparing and falling behind. And falling behind wasn't something we wanted to do. But certainly... Coming back makes at least the night feel better. It should give us some confidence moving forward. And then talk about Mikey Anderson. Like I said, almost 29 minutes of ice time, a huge night for him. He said, uh, head coach Thomas Holland said, when you have three of your go-to defensemen out, you're in a tight game, you rely on guys to pick up the slack. If it means playing four or five extra minutes, then it's going to be that way. His partner nearly has 30 minutes every night, so he's going to have to get used to moving to that moving forward. But he did a tremendous job as he does every night. And then just uh, head coach Tom McClellan was backing up Drew Doughty's comments from Monday night, which we talked about last episode, about how uh, the team's just not playing good enough and they need to play better. Head coach Tom McClellan talking about Drew Doughty's comments, saying, well, that's called leadership. You put yourself out there with your words and then you follow it up through actions. We're fortunate to have him and a few others that have been through battles here and won eventually. There's been a lot of talk over the summer about where's Drew's game. Well, Drew's game is outstanding. You really have to be around him to appreciate the minutes, the locker room, the energy he brings, the work he puts in over the summer. He's a good defenseman as there is in the National Hockey League right now, in my opinion. And it's true, man. Like, yeah, he had a couple years where he struggled, but this has been Drew Doughty comeback season. He has played unbelievable for the Kings this season. And some of the numbers he's put up, back it, back it up, like what? He's up to 22 assists on the season. He's got to be around... I don't have, what is he at, 30 points? He has to be, has to be around that. Like, he's been playing great for the Kings this season. Just outstanding. He's 30 points exactly for Drew Doughty on the year, like I said. Kopitar's number one, Doughty's number two. Like, he's been outstanding, and he leads the National Hockey League in ice time. He's been playing absolutely outstanding 
for your LA Kings this season. And then just quickly, Adrian Kempe on the game and getting his 13th of the year and such. He said, he was talking about his goal early in the period, early in the third period, he said a goal means a lot. And I think going back to the game, I thought we played a pretty solid game. So we've kind of been unlucky, lucky, unlucky lately. I feel like we're sticking with it and creating chances and got, and got three in the last period. That was good for the entire, the confidence boost for the entire team, I think. And then just on what he thought the turning point was of the game, he said, I think we just stuck with it. Like I said, like I said, I thought we had a pretty solid game. Obviously, the PK was playing really strong tonight. The five-on-five game was strong. When you score a goal, that's important. And I thought the entire third period from every single line was really good. And we were talking about it before the period as well. It was nice to get a couple of goals back-to-back and get a win. And it's true. And then just on uh, talking about his goal again and how it developed, he said, it was off the kill. And like I said before, we've been having a really good penalty kill lately. The D has been clearing out in front of... Our goaltenders a lot. They shoot the puck out and just had a lot of time. It was a clear cut three on two. Kleger made a nice play back to me on the goalie. wasn't ready for it. Just tried to get it off my stick as quickly as possible. Hey, and a win in. So that's all all you really need from. Him. And then just on uh, Kleg's quick pass back and the communication on that three on two. He said, especially when JAD was driving as the far guy. I I think for Kleger it's either going to be a shot for him or the pass back. I was ready for it on the pass back and it was a great play by him. The one touch back, it was, it's really hard for goaltenders to keep up with that. It was a really good play by him. So like I said, Kale Clegg played great in this game. Everyone played great in this game, and it was great to see that for the LA Kings play so well in this game. It was just a really good game and a really good comeback for the Kings, and it was awesome to see them kind of say, fuck this, this isn't happening again. We've been struggling lately. We've lost, what was it? They lost three in a row going into that night, and we said, fuck it, we're not doing that again. And they said, fuck it to the slow start. Like, it's got to be better. And they did. And they played much, much better after, uh, for like the second half of the game after the slow first period. So, the LA Kings beat the Arizona Coyotes by the score of 4-3 to three on Wednesday night. And you think, okay, here we go. Kings, they're going to get rolling a little bit now. Uh, nope. Unfortunately not. As, oh, minor, minor minor bump in the road again as your LA Kings once again went to San Jose and once again lost 5-2 to two to your San Jose Sharks on Friday night and again this was a tough loss and it was the Sharks what was it uh, just another like the Sharks dominated the Kings this season that's all there was to it the Sharks ha- have dominated the Kings this season a couple fights in this game it got a little scrappy but let's just Get right into it. The Kings actually opened the scoring in this game. And also, actually, before that, it was... Uh, this was Brendan Lemieux's second game, obviously, as... Oh, timeout. One thing I forgot to talk about on uh, Wednesday night's game. Before I get into this game, there something happened in this in on Wednesday night that I think fans didn't agree with, and I didn't agree with it. But when I look back at it, it, it kind of could be a good thing. And that was that head coach Tom McClellan gave uh, gave Velarde the night off. He was a healthy scratch. And Velarde's been a guy that's been kind of in and out of McClellan's doghouse lately. And he healthy scratched him. And the uh, and I saw a lot of Kings fans not really agree with it. And I, I didn't agree with it when I first saw it. Because I was kind of like, this is a 21-year-old kid that's playing in his first full season. And yeah, they're going to go through struggles a little bit. But he's played pretty well for the majority of the season. And... I'm a big fan, as you know, I've been saying play the kids, play the kids. But when you look back at it, sometimes a player just needs a reset. And he didn't play Wednesday night. He also didn't play Friday night. 
And sometimes the player just needs a little bit of a of a reset. And that's what Velarde did. He got to sit back and watch a couple games. And I hope that he can bounce back from it. And that's just all that's just all there is to it. Like as I know it was a big argument for Kings fans, but hey, sometimes a player just needs a reset. Whether you agree with it or not, sometimes they just need a reset. But anyways, you go to Friday night, your LA Kings lose five to two to the San Jose Sharks. Like I said, Velarde was the healthy scratch in this game as well. Brendan Lemieux was playing in his second game as a king. And also Christian Wolanin, the defenseman, newly acquired defenseman, making his Kings debut as well. As you remember, the LA Kings just got him in a trade for Michael Amadio. He made his debut on the defensive end for the Kings as well in this game. But we will let's just get into the game quickly as actually for a loss, the Kings had a fast start as just two minutes and 20 seconds in Alex Ayafalo scores his 10th of the season from Brown and Kopitar on a wrist shot that made it one to nothing for the Kings early on. But then the wheels kind of fell off for the Kings throughout uh, during the rest of the first period as, uh, as San Jose went and scored three goals. LeBanc made it one to one at the eight, eight, the eight minute mark, his 10th of the year from Burns and Ferraro. Then, uh, at the 13-15 mark, Patrick Marlowe. Oh, shout out Patrick Marlowe. He's now played the second most games in NHL history. Just behind, like, shout out Patrick Marlowe. It's awesome to see that he's still playing. That's one of the cool things. And I know he's been a, th- uh, he's, he's played against LA all, like, a lot of his career. I know there's a big, uh, I know it, he hasn't been the most liked, uh, in LA, obviously. But, you know, you got to respect all the, uh, you ought to respect his career, man. So he gets his fourth of the year on a deflection past Cal Peterson. That made it 2-1 to one for the Sharks at the time. And then at the 17-17 mark, uh, Bolsters gets his sixth of the season from Meyer and Eric Carlson. That made it 3-1 to one for the Sharks. And that's kind of like it kind of just fell apart there for the rest of, that third period, rest of the first period as the LA Kings were down 3-1 to one after the first period and your LA Kings actually outshot uh San Jose 13 to 11 in the first period but then you get to the second period no goals in the second period LA outshoots San Jose 11 to 8 in the period but the rough stuff happened McDermott gets into a fight against uh Jeffrey Veal uh on the same play Veal it was because of a hit on it was a hit. It was because of a hit Veal put on Brendan Lemieux. McDermott didn't like it. Took exceptions to it. They fought. McDermott also got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on the play. It was a whole thing. And then a few minutes later, an unlikely source as Athanasio drops in love with Marcus Sorensen. Two guys that don't really fight, but Athanasio can throw him. He stood in there, and it was at the 17:38 mark of the game. 17:38. But it was uh, it's weird to see Athanasio fight, but he showed, hey man. I can do this as well. I can show off the rough stuff as well. But like I said, no goals in the second period. It was just a couple fights. It was still 3-1 to one San Jose going into the third period. And look at the Kings, man. They do, they're do they doing they're doing the right things to try to get back in games. As just a minute and two seconds into the uh, third period, Anderson Dolan, Anderson Dolan gets his sixth of the year on a brutal giveaway. That made it 3-2. to two. That cut the deficit to 3-2. But... It wasn't enough as LA would score 
Oh, sorry. As San Jose would score one late, that made it. Uh, as G- G- uh, Gambrel, sorry, uh, scored his fourth pass quick. That made it four to two, and then a hurdle would get an empty netter, his twelfth of the season. That would make it five to two, and that'd be all she wrote as the San Jose Sharks beat the Kings again. Holy fuck! And Martin Jones beat the fucking Kings again. Like, jeez, he was a guy that just the Kings could have really struggled against this season. LA outshot San Jose thirty-four to twenty-nine, but it was just not the way it went for the Kings. It was just not their night again as. The as they lost five to two to the San Jose Sharks, uh, Kings another great night on the faceoff circle, fifty, just under fifty eight percent in the faceoff circle. Power play zero for three again, but hey, penalty kill, great job again as they uh, made San Jose go zero for three on the power play as well. Again though, just a tough loss, a disappointing loss. Like you've got a big win, you want to keep it going, and again, just a tough, tough loss for the Kings in. That game, and then just quickly on that game, what he- what head coach Tom Tallon said about the game, because you know I love to go over the quotes and what the players and the head coach say after the game. Uh, head coach was asked about if he was more dis- disappointed in the goals allowed or the chances missed, and he said, "Absolutely, I thought coming in here I was gonna get a lot of questions about the breakaways, the power plays, the chances that we didn't capitalize on, but it's in the gar, but it's the garbage we're giving up defensively. Long chance." Yeah, long chances again. Every time we play against this team, it's a long chance. It's a poor pinch, a poor cover, and it's in our net. We chase the game night after night after night. A little bit of frustration from head coach Hall. And then just about adjustments the team made to tighten up, allowing the first three. He said, well, we played with the structure. We didn't wander from it. I, we thought we would get enough chances to get a chance at winning the game, but we were down. We were down, and we made a decision, and it was too late. And then just... uh. And then just on tonight was the end of the road for the postseason, which kind of a strange question. Head coach Thomas said, the end of the road? Next season and the, and the next season and the end of the road, we're not using those words. You can use them. We're not. We're playing against tomorrow against the team. We're not idiots. We know where we are in the standings. But to use the end of the road in next season at this time, that's not what we're doing. And that's true. I can't believe that question was asked, man. Like, yeah, the Kings have struggled late of late. They're not in fifth anymore. But... You, like, they still have a chance at the playoffs. And yes, I've said they should be sellers at the trade deadline, but they still have a great chance at the playoffs. That's just not... I don't agree with them as with the reporter asking that question as well. And just quickly as well, shout out Onze Kopitar in this game. Got his 33rd assist of the season on Isle Follows Gold. That moves him to... He's fifth in the NHL in assists this season with 33. But that was... His 1,100th of 12th career game, claiming second, he's played the second most all-time games in franchise history. One th- that was his 1,100th and 12th game, second most in franchise history. So congrats, Anze Kopitar, on getting that feat. That's a, just an awesome thing for him. And, you know, he's been one of the best kings ever. And it's just been awesome to see him play, still play at, like, an eight an A-level because he has just been killing it this season. He's been one of the best players in the Honda West Division this season. So shout out Onze Kopitar for that as well. But then, so that game happens and you got to shake it off, man. You got to shake it off. And the Kings do that. And they, on Saturday night, they finally fucking beat Marty Jones. Holy Christ. They finally did it. They finally beat 
Marty Jones as on Saturday night, the Kings come back, play much better against San Jose as they beat San Jose by the score of 4-2 to two on Saturday night. And again, let's just get right into it. There was uh, Jonathan Quick started this game. Uh, Velarde was back in the lineup for this game. Uh, Grundstrom and McDermott came out for this game. So let's just get to the game quickly as Jeff Carter scoring again. The 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 line in this game that took over was the Carter Athanasio Lazat line. They played great in this game as uh, Carter early on gets his eighth of the year from Athanasio and Mikey Anderson, who again Mikey Anderson been an absolute beast lately. Just with Drew Doughty, like I said, this was a play where uh. Uh, Anderson put on net. Athens, see kind of deflected, and it got past Marty Jones. And Carter picked up the garbage and put it into the yawning cage. That made it one to nothing for LA at the 11:43 mark of the first period. But then, just a few minutes later, Gambrel on a bat on a on a play in the slot that shouldn't have happened. Let's put it that way. That's it. A backhand past uh, quick that made it one to nothing. Actually, no. This goal. This goal is so frustrating because Gambrel gets it. Quick thought he had it covered. He didn't. Kempe tried to pass it to Quick. Quick thought he had it. Turns out he didn't. And it came to Gambrel who had a wide open net. That made it 1-1 at the time. Man, that was a frustrating goal. But that made it 1-1 at the time. Also in this game, Ole Mata made his return to the lineup coming back from injury. So it's good to see him back in the lineup. He played pretty well in this game as well because we get to the start of the second period. Athanasio, his ninth of the year from Carter and Ole Mata. That made it 2-1 at the time. Athanasio, just a beautiful, uh, on the app it says tip in. It pretty much was as, like, the Sharks just gave Jeff Carter all the time in the world on this period. I, or on this goal. I don't know what they were doing. Carter just had all the time in the world along the uh, along the near side. And the the Sharks just let Athanasio cut to the middle. No one touched him. And it was an unbelievable pass from Carter right to Athanasio, who deflected it past uh, Marty Jones. That made it 2-1 to one at the time. And then, less than a minute later, it was the same thing. The Sharks just didn't play defense. They just stopped playing. As Kopitar makes a sick pass to Ayafalo, who goes backhand, who goes forehand, backhand, roof, past Marty Jones. And, like, uh, Marty Jones had no chance on this one. Like, both these goals, just his team just didn't play in front of him. I'm not, like... I don't want to give credit to Marty Jones, but like he had no chance on either of these goals because his team hung him up to dry on these goals. I'm gonna say that right now. Athanasio and I follow. Like Jones had no chance. I follow was 11th of the season from Kopitar and Brown. That made it three to one for the Kings at the time. Hey, trade value going up for those two. Let me tell you, we'll get to that in a second. But Athanasio and I follow trade value both going up, and then late, late in the. Th- in the second period, you know, I've said you gotta you gain momentum early by getting goals early in periods and getting goals late in periods. And with eight seconds left in the second period, Dustin Brown unassisted a power a power play goal. Holy shit, a power play goal for this team. That made it four to one for the Kings at the time as they would go into the third period with a four one lead on Dustin Brown's sixteenth of the year, team leading sixteenth of the year. That made it four to one for the Kings at the time in the third period Timo Meyer scored his eighth of the year for the Sharks and that'd be all she wrote as your LA Kings finally beat the Sharks and finally beat Marty Jones as they win this game four to two on another game that the Kings needed and the Kings that second period they just dominated they outshot the Kings 
slow start despite being tied at one after the first period. They were outshot 12 to 6 in the first period, but they came back in that second period, out shooting San Jose 13 to 4 in the second period and being rewarded for it with those three goals and the power play goal. Both teams one for five on the power play in this game. Uh, LA just under 52% in the faceoff circle. Another great night in the faceoff dot for this team. A huge thing for the Kings in this game 21 block shots. Huge for this team. Just huge for this team. But with that, the uh, the series between these two games between these two teams is over for the season, and we know the Sharks dominated. What was it? The Sharks win, 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 win. The Sharks or the Kings went one, six, and no, sorry, two and six, two six, two five and one against the Sharks this season. Again. That's not good enough against a team that you should be beating. But it's, it says Sharks Sharks won the Series 6-2. Let's just put it that way. So, but you end the Series on a high note with the big 4-2 win against the Sharks. And a game that you needed to win. A game that you just straight up needed to win. And, and with that, with that, LA is still 7th in the division. But they're only 2 points behind San Jose now. And only 5 points behind Arizona uh, only six points behind St. Louis, who are in the fourth and final playoff spot. So there's still there's still 16 games to go. There's still a lot of hockey to be played, and the Kings fortunately have games in hand as well. So there's, there's still a chance. They still have to be sellers tomorrow during today's deadline, but they still have a chance. They still absolutely have a chance. I'm gonna, just again, just some highlights about this game. Like I said, Athanasiu and Brown both a goal and an assist. Same with Jeff Carter, a goal and assist. Three guys, goal and an assist. Mikey Anderson, an assist. Uh, Kopitar, an assist. A lot of guys played very, very well in this game. D- Doughty, 26 minutes. That's like an off night. That's like a slow night for him. Uh, Mikey Anderson, he was 20 minutes. Holy moly. But you can see at the end of this game, the Kings got the win, which was huge. But you could see a little bit of sadness in... The eyes of some of the Kings players, because of course the deadline. I'm record. This is Sunday night as we record it, but the deadline's on Monday. The deadline is tomorrow. Today, as you're listening to this, and there is some a little bit of sadness in some of the guys' eyes as some of the big names that are out there could be traded are Quick, Carter, Brown, Iafalo. Like some, those are some of the big names out there that could be traded. So it's going to be very interesting to see what. What happens with that? And of course, we're going to break that all down on the next episode of the King's Den. But again, just quickly before uh, we wrap before we wrap this up, let's just talk about what they talk uh, about, what the players have to say about this 4-2 win over San Jose. And let's just talk about Dustin Brown quickly, just talking about his goal and how he caught Marty Jones cheating. He said, I was actually looking past and then I fumbled it. I scored a couple of goals on Joner going short side in that exact fashion, so I placed it short. And hey, that was Dustin Brown's goal right there. And then he said, just talking about if the Kings were more aggressive inside of this game, and he said, yeah, definitely. We play the 1-3-1. It's a very patient neutral zone, but we've got to get going on the offensive side of things. We've got to get more aggressive there, just turning pucks over on the forecheck. We scored a goal last game like that and a lot tonight. And then just how he feels on where the Kings have to go from here on the big win. He said, we've just got to keep grinding. We've got to keep collecting points the way the standings work. We're all playing each other, so we've got to keep grinding. So, And that's absolutely true and then just uh what head coach thomas holland had to say about uh about the about the game and he said 
Yeah, we were better in that area. In the first period, I think we gave up two two outnumbered ones that weren't of any significance. One in the second. Last night against them, we gave up a boatload, and it made a difference in the game tonight. We adjusted, and the guys played better in, in that area. And then just talking about uh, how we feel about the team's method of success and it's and if it's only a matter of consistency for the, for the team. And he said, I think that's fair to say. We're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. I think we have a foundation or a structure understanding of what of what we want to play and what to do. We actually talked about it today, an identity I think we have to play for, play towards. If we get away from it and try to play running gun with teams, we get ourselves in trouble. We st- we still need some time to polish in and around the net with the number of opportunities you create. All it does is create all, uh, face-offs and transition coming back the other way. That's something that we have to improve on. At this time of the year, we should have all that stuff in place. It's just a matter of getting it done. And then the question that, that I think head coach Thomas Lund knew was coming. And he said, uh, he got asked about the situations surrounding the trade deadline this year as opposed to last year. And he said, it's significantly different. Last year at this point, everyone was on pins and needles. I think it was well known that our management team was going to move some players, try and recoup some assets, uh, continue to retool the organization. This year, we're in a much more stable situation. You still hear names out there. I don't know where the hell they came from. Maybe it's the uh, maybe it's the type of year that we have some we have some some of the bloggers need to write about things. But it's actually interesting when you're on the inside and you listen to the conversations that management has, and then you go on the outside and the and the rumors and some of the outsiders are posting. I heard this and I heard that. It's not even remotely close to what's going on. It's an interesting year. I understand that we've got to create some buzz in the media. Some people talked about it. It's that time of year. Trade in line is often exciting. This one's shaping up maybe to be a boring one. Hey, and that's true because. Some trades have happened, and we're going to get to that in a second. But head coach Thomas Holland makes a great point there. With the quarantine, there, there might be a lot less moves. Because, uh, like, if you're, you have to quarantine for a bit before you join your new team. And especially if you make a trade with a Canadian team. They have to trade, or you have to quarantine for seven days before you can join your team if you get traded to one of the seven Canadian teams. So it's very interesting. And there has been rumors about... I follow and Brown and Quick and we'll get to those in a second. But head coach Thomas Holland's right. They are in a much stable, much more stable position this time around than last year when you traded Martinez and other people like that. But you know, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. It's gonna be super interesting to see what happens with this team. It's and you see the the market is kind of going a little bit. The and like so. Oh, and, and Foley last year, obviously, getting traded at the deadline, of course. I'm in Vancouver. I should know that. I should have remembered that. Duh. By the way, I don't think Vancouver is going to be making a trade this year with everyone in, getting fucking COVID. I don't think a trade will be happening there. But anyways, I get the reasons to trade guys like Brown and I follow and quick. And it could happen. And I think it can happen. I think it should happen. I've said Jonathan Quick is going to be going to Seattle. But... He could very well be traded as well. I, I would see Toronto on that list. I know I've mentioned them a lot. I think Toronto would be out on iFollow now because of the latest rumors. So let me go over this quickly. A couple of the rumors that we've heard that I've talked about on this podcast were Dustin Brown to the Islanders, and then apparently the Islanders were in on iFollow as well. Islanders fixed their problems by going and getting Palmieri and Zajac from... Uh, New Jersey. We talked about that last episode. And then, just a few hours ago, we've heard Toronto be linked to I follow as well. 
That's a pretty big. That's a big trade. Toronto, the Maple Leafs, go get Nick Foligno from Columbus. That's a big deal. They gave up a first and a fourth for him. That's a big deal. They gave up a lot to get him. And it sounds like Foligno is going to go play for Toronto, try to get a cup, and then re-sign with Columbus. And that makes me wonder. That makes me wonder. Is, could I follow do the same thing? Because I, I know the Kings want to re-sign I follow. But do you trade him, get an asset, and then re-sign him? I think that's something that could very well happen with I follow. I really think so. I really, really think that that could happen. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I really think that could happen. It's, like I said, I think if you can trade I follow and re-sign him, say to him, like, hey, we're going to trade you, but we'll re-sign you. I think that could absolutely happen. As for other guys like Brown, Quick, it's going to be interesting to see, man. It's I wonder if if someone's going to take the bait like Boston. Boston was scouting the Kings the other day. I wonder if they if they want I follow or Brown. Like it's going to be interesting to see what happens here in the next few hours. It's going to be super super interesting and I'm excited to see what the Kings are going to do. I'm excited, man. And you should be too, man, because the Kings prospect pool is one of the best, and they have a good chance to only make it better. They have a good chance to only make it better. And like I said, and Rob Blake, he hasn't been afraid to make trades, man. He's been he made two in three days last week, right, or two weeks ago, whenever it was, in uh, Lemieux, like, he and uh, Willannon. He's not afraid to make deals. And he wants to do it. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens at the at the deadline. And also, by the way, the Kings ha- uh, are still missing Matt Roy. He didn't play in any of these three games. Still in COVID protocol. And just quickly before we get out of here. Speaking of COVID protocol. I got to talk about something for a second here. Non-Kings related. But we got to talk about this for a second. The NHL is nuts. If they think the Vancouver Canucks are playing this season. Playing again this season. They might play, but they shouldn't be playing. I mean, they just had... They're now up to 26 members that have been on the COVID list. I believe it's 22 players. One taxi squad member and three staff. Three coaching staff. They're on the COVID list. The majority of them have COVID. You guys know I do this podcast about the Kings, but I'm up in Vancouver. I'm close to the Vancouver market. The majority of these players have COVID, and it's been bad. You've seen the stories about it. Emily Kaplan's written about it. A lot of them, ha- a lot of rumors have, a lot of talk has been out there about it. And then all of a sudden, they announce the other day, the NHL announces that the Canucks are going to play the rest of their season. And the facility was supposed to open again today, and then another player got put on COVID protocol list. So now it's supposed to open again tomorrow or on Monday, and they're supposed to play. On Friday. And they're supposed to play. 19 games in 31 days. You have. A whole team. A whole team. Coming off COVID. Like having COVID. And having a variant apparently. Which has been this Brazilian variant. Is apparently a whole new ball game. Compared to regular ass COVID. And they expect the Canucks to play 19 games in 31 days. To play all 56 games this season. That is insane. 
if the Canucks play these last 19 games and play them in 31 days, I don't want one person complaining about the play of this team. And I know I'm talking about the Canucks for a second, but not one person, fan of the of the Vancouver Canucks or not, should be complaining. Because if that team goes out, of, I, there are rumors that some of the guys don't want to play. And that's true. They want to get 100% healthy. Because COVID kicks your ass, apparently, man. I haven't had it, but apparently it kicks your ass. And for the NHL to go out and do that, that is just downright selfish. It's downright selfish of the NHL to try to get the Vancouver Canucks to do that. I'm sorry. That was my little rant of another team, but that's true. That is unbelievably selfish if the Kings, if the NHL does that to the Canucks. And also, shout out former LA King Tanner Pearson on his three-year extension in Vancouver. Good for him. A bit overpriced, but good for him to get that extension in Vancouver. And with that, that this has been episode 37 of season two of the Kingston. Thank you so much for joining us. I am so like this episode was so much fun, but I'm so excited for you guys to listen to Thursday's episode so we can go over the trade deadline and what is going to happen with the Kings. I follow Brown quick. I'm so excited to talk about that next episode, but I re- this episode was a lot of fun. I really hope you enjoy it. As always, before we let you go, don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, and review to not only the Kingston, but to every other great podcast here at the Hockey Podcast Network because everyone is just killing it. And I'm sure everyone is going to have just awesome trade deadline coverage. So check out everyone's podcast here at the Hockey Podcast Network and all the original shows as well. And don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, and review every single one of them. Also, don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at the Kingston THPN. Also, don't forget to don't forget to check me out, your host Jordy Cunningham, on Twitter at Cunningham Jordy. And of course, we're presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. So don't forget to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on any social media on Twitter and Instagram at HockeyPodNet, or on Facebook and YouTube. Just search the Hockey Podcast Network, or check us out on Patreon. Throw us a little money for just one dollar. You can find all of our exclusive bonus content and so much more. So definitely check that out as well. Thank you so much for joining us here on episode 37 of season two of the Kingston. Like I said, I already can't wait for episode 38. But in the meantime, enjoy the trade deadline. Enjoy this week. The Kings play Vegas again this week. I didn't even mention that. They play. They got two against Vegas this week. They're going to be. Those are big, big games that they, you got to try to get some points in, man. That's a really good team, and you got to try to get some points in those games as well. It's a tough stretch coming up for the Kings. You got to try to get some points in those games, but. Enjoy this week. Enjoy the, enjoy the trade deadline coverage. We'll have lots to talk about on Thursday's episode. So have a great week. Be safe. Be nice to each other. And we'll talk to you on Thursday for episode 38, the trade deadline review. Show.